Shake 27 people's hand. Let them know how glad you are to see them tonight. 27. can't do one blessed thing about your salvation. Amen. Can we give God praise and glory in his house tonight? Amen. Amen. Just this one time and one time only, roll tight. <clears throat> now I'm going to go brush my teeth and uh, Amen. Some of y'all ain't laughed all day. Come on, loosen up, people. Amen. All right, all right. I want you to have a seat. I want you to have a seat right where you are. Uh, we have a very, very, very special treat for you tonight. Uh, we are in the next three or four weeks, we are going to be discussing uh, our missionaries, talking about our missions program, and uh, uh, just kind of emphasizing what we're doing all over the world, getting the gospel to those who don't have it. Uh, uh, you know, we are spoiled in America. Anywhere you go, any, any road you turn on, there's, a, there's usually a church sign pointing that way. Uh, you can turn on the radio, you can turn on the TV, and we're saturated with the gospel. But there are places in this world who have never heard the name Jesus Christ. And we have got a responsibility. I've been, I've been studying and uh, working on the, the series for this particular uh, emphasis, and we're going to call it Commission. You've seen the signs out in the door. And uh, the Great Commission, all about the Great Commission. I'm telling you what, I am fired up about this Sunday. It is going to be exciting. Uh, we, uh, in, anyway, I, I want to talk about it because I'm, I'm am, no, no, no. Because if we don't, I, we'll be here till Sunday. Amen. Uh, <laughs> Brother Travis, I'm not going to take any more of your time. You just come on up, and uh, he's going he's gonna to tell you a, a small story, and then we're going to hear a big story. Amen? Brother Travis, you come on up, and uh, everybody already knows who you are, so I ain't introducing you. Amen? All right. Well, praise the Lord. I want to start tonight by thanking Preacher Malcolm and Brother Jeff, Brother Dustin, and the whole church family uh, for being so supportive and so uh, giving when it comes to missions. Uh, the church has embraced the missionary efforts that we have through Unsheltered International. And tonight you're going to hear about a really, really, really awesome partnership that honestly, once you hear the whole thing, you'll realize only God 
could have done it. When we formed Unsheltered International right here in 2001, we wanted to do a few things. One of those things, we wanted to, to influence the starting of other homeless ministries in churches and communities throughout the United States. We were really wanting to reach the unsheltered population in smaller towns and, and the people that live under the bridges that don't necessarily go to the uh, homeless shelters for whatever reason. And then another thing that we wanted to do was we wanted to be able to, to start teaching and mentoring other missionaries. And then the third thing, we prayed that within five years that God would allow us to begin international missions work among the homeless internationally. At that time, we, we felt like God was saying, uh, or we felt like we was to ask God within five years, open a door. We had no idea where. We had been to Central America and South America and the uh, Caribbean on some mission trips, and so we were thinking maybe it'll be Honduras, maybe it'll be Costa Rica, maybe Jamaica. We had a, a, a possibility in uh, St. Lucia, an island in the Caribbean, and, and so we were praying and we were just trying to, to look and, and see, and none of those doors really opened up very wide. And so we continued our, our missionary work here in the States. And then, in November of 2013, one of the worst typhoons on record slammed into the Philippines and Southeast Asia. Of course, I, I, I knew about the Philippines, but my heart was not there. I didn't really know anybody there in particular. But after that typhoon, I was invited to go on a medical and disaster relief missions trip just a couple months later in January of 2014. And so myself and my wife April and our son Hunter, who was 12 at the time, we took off and joined a, a couple more organizations. And that is where I met Pastor Antonio Nair, who is going to be giving his testimony tonight. We stayed there for two weeks. We preached, I think, four or five times every day just incredible. We saw 1,200 people saved. We treated over 1,400 people in the medical clinic. God allowed uh, us to, to get four homes built for people who lost their homes, and many of you gave toward that effort. And by the way, those homes are still great today. Two of those homes, preacher, they have started family businesses inside the homes that we rebuilt for them. And so they've got their own livelihood because we built them a home. And Pastor Nair is the one that drew out the house plans on a yellow pad, a paper, and a piece of cardboard. He drew the plans, and God gave us the money, and we hired some local carpenters to build it. Well, I didn't know that during that two weeks in January of 2014 that God was forming a partnership that would become what it is today. But during that time, the Lord knit our hearts together with me and April and Hunter and Pastor Nair and his wife, Sister Lisa, who is uh, right back here. And so we came home in January of 2014. We began to pray, God, if it's your will, let the Philippines be the first place we begin international. And you know what? It was God's will. And so we came home and we began to raise money uh, throughout 2014. And God allowed us to raise about $28,000 that people just gave and helped. 
And so we went there in January 2015 to Bacala City and Talisai City, where Pastor Nair uh, lives and has his church. And we partnered up, and God let us start Unsheltered International Philippines. And so Pastor Nair and his wife and their church basically head up Unsheltered International Philippines for us. So we're working directly through his church to reach the street children and the homeless families that are on the city streets. And I'm telling you, God has just done amazing things uh, through their efforts and through their leadership. And we're so excited. You know, it's something how God will give you a dream He'll give you a vision, and you don't have all of the dots connected, but then God will send something like a typhoon to, 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 to bring two parties together and answer not only our prayers, but as you'll hear in a minute, answer a long-time prayer of theirs as well. And so Pastor Nair, about every four years, he gets to come to the United States. He's with the mission board from Ohio, and he gets to come and try to raise whatever funds he needs if he's doing a project or additional support for his family because they live on missionary support just like many other missionaries do. And you know, I was reading the other day in Matthew 28, 19, where the scripture says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And I was thinking about that word go, and what God said to me was, you can't go unless you leave. So if there's going to be going, there has to be leaving. And sometimes we don't think about that from the national missionary's perspective. But he has planted now five different churches in, in his country. He's on his fifth church. And instead of having a, a career where he could maybe be an engineer or, or have an opportunity to, to make a lot of money, he has left that and entered into the church planting field, and he's involved in a million other things. You can see their display in the corner after church and get his prayer card and see what else. Uh, so he left a, 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 what you would consider maybe a normal life. He comes to the United States to try to raise money for his family and his projects, and they are having an enormous impact for the kingdom of God. And listen, we've got big plans in the future, and it, is, it makes me so proud to be partners with folks that just genuinely love God and want to advance God's kingdom. So, I want to introduce to you Pastor Antonio Nair. Amen. Give him a hand, church. Amen. Good evening, and well, it's... Uh, I feel that all of you are looking at me tonight, so I feel nervous. <laughs> well, by the grace of God, uh, it's uh, our privilege and honor to be a part of your service tonight and share our, our mission and our vision in the Philippines. I thank God for sending Pastor Travis in the Philippines. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a product also of mission in the Philippines from American Mission. Uh, my pastor is, um, although he's a Filipino, he's, an, uh, he's a missionary from uh, Tennessee, uh, from Tennessee Temple. And um, I got saved from his ministry. So uh, I remember when you came to our country, 
you bring us help from uh, World War II, and you send missionary. You send missionary, and you send Bible in, in, in the Philippines, and we got saved. You teach us how to train our people, how to win our people. Now we are doing that. We are duplicating what you are doing to us. We are glad of sending missionary in the Philippines. And I'm one of the product of your mission giving. Not only sending missionary, we're glad because we're glad of sending you McDonald's, KFC, <laughs> Pizza Hut, Dunkin' Donuts, so even Starbucks. <laughs> so we have a lot of, you know, uh, those things in the Philippines sending by American uh, people. Well, folks, um, I grew up in a Catholic family, uh, but before that, I would like you know, to introduce also my wife, my ex-girlfriend sitting at the back, <laughs> now my wife. So, uh, uh, she's my backbone in a ministry. Uh, I thank the Lord because she was also called by the Lord. Because if not, maybe I cannot able to, to continue serving the Lord because of some hindrances. That's why she's my backbone, my, my everything. <laughs> I got saved from, from being a Catholic family. I grew up there. My dad is a, is a communist. He's one of the head or leader of the communists in the Philippines way back 1970 and 1980s. And, and my mom, you know, uh, thinking that she don't, uh, uh, she don't uh, any hope uh, for waiting my dad coming back, she go back to her hometown and leave our home. So that time I was so shocked because um, I don't know what to do. So I ran away and I stayed for more than a year in the street. Being in the street, fighting to the kids, sleeping in the jeepneys, just one cloth, one pants, and for more than a year. I eat on my hand, sometimes in a plastic. I'm not begging money that time because I'm, I can able to work. Uh, washing the jeepneys, uh, being a porter in the market. And um, um, after more than a year, I go back to my grandfather and he start to ask my grandfather to put me in school. Uh, then my, my grandfather put me back in school and being a first year in a high school, I know how to smoke, drink. I become like a, a big, big man in the school. Because on my second year high school, I started to sell drugs in city school. For eight long years, I've been hooking drugs. The first time, I just, because my parents, I against with my parents, with my dad, my mom, and even to God. I hate God at time. I curse God. I don't believe in God because what happened to us. 
And finally, I enjoy taking drugs from 10 o'clock in the morning until 3 o'clock in the next morning. I've been selling drugs from meth, marijuana, and some uh, tranquilizer. For eight years, I thought, it's the end. I never dream. I don't have any dream. And someone invited me to come to church. I told them, I don't believe in God, sorry. And it's not my business. Bible, it's boring. Because I have a Bible too. The small Gideon Bible, I have that on my pocket. Because I use that sometimes when out of rolling paper, I use that for my marijuana. And, and now, you know, I have a mess life. I want to live like a king and die like a rat. I don't believe in God. And somebody invited me to come to church. Keep on inviting me to, ch- to come to church. And I give him a chance because, you know, preacher, he will give me money if I'm going to come to church. I come to church because giving me money. After five times coming to church, even I'm drunk, I'm still coming to church. But on the fifth time, that was Wednesday night, July 26, 1987. I never forget that day. I'm sitting at the balcony. And the preaching is, men shall not live by bread alone. I'm telling to myself, I'm still rejecting the word of God. I told that, of course, we're living in rice, not in bread. But you know, at, at the end of the service, I found out myself at, at the altar. That's the, the very first night, the very first time I pray to God. I ask forgiveness. I, got, I ask forgiveness and I ask, if you're really God, change my life. You know, folks, the very first night, that I never drink and I sleep like a baby. <laughs> because before I sleep, because, because I sleep always at the close to our window at, at the back, just in case there's some policeman coming, I can able to just jump and run because I'm one of the uh, uh, hot, uh, hot person like selling marijuana in the area. In the morning, when I woke up and really feel good, I feel forgiven, no guilt, and I was really, you know, still look, uh, feeling, I'm still, you know, dreaming. And when I go out to our house, there are some people waiting on me. Hey, Antonio, I told them, no drugs. It's close. I stopped selling drugs. 
on that day. And seven of our group, two, two our pastors, three are become successful uh, in a Christian and being deacon and assistant pastor. And two are, one is already dead and one is still in the national penitentiary because rejecting the word of God. Folks, that night, since 1987, when I got saved, I started to come to church every night looking for Bible study. <laughs> Do you have Bible study? He, he put me in other group, other group from Monday to Friday. I rapidly grew up in the Lord. And after one year, my dad got saved. My dad is also an atheist. He don't believe in God. But because the Lord saved me, because my dad know me, he told to someone, it's not fancy, it's real. And that night my dad told me, can you call your pastor to come to a Bible study tonight? And after Bible study, we're praying, crying together. My dad got saved. And my brothers, my family got saved. You know, the Lord saved me from, from a place that I, I can really imagine. I thought it is the end, but the Lord started to move in my life. And after another year, I go in a Bible college. And, and being a student, the Lord gave me a chance to start a mission while I'm a student. And now I'm working on my peep charts. It's only by the grace of God. I can do it alone because I'm nothing. I'm just being saved by the grace of God. And the Lord, you know, is really good. Not, not only He gave me a life, a new life, but also He gave me a good family. He gave me wife. He gave me kids that now also serving the Lord. My daughter is playing in keyboard in the church. She's 16 years old. My son Daniel is 14. Last November 4, he started to preach in the church. And I have a youngest son, Aitran, seven years old. Just two nights ago, he got saved. He called us here and crying, Daddy, I'm afraid going to hell. I'm afraid going to hell. I told to my son, Aitran, close your eyes. We will pray. Follow me. He got saved two nights ago. I thank the Lord for giving us, for giving me that great opportunity. Serving him. You know, 26 years ago, I've been 27 years in the ministry. 26 years ago, I'm praying because we have a meal center. One of my favorite ministry in the church is feeding. Because as a church planter, when I go 
in an area, I need to gather children and teaching Bible story and giving foods. And, and after that, I'm getting two of the children and giving, uh, you know, uh, uh, going to their home and meet their family, uh, their parents, their, uh, their brother, so that I can able to connect with them and visiting from time to time, having Bible study and inviting to church. That's one of my, you know, uh, strategy in a church planting. That's why one of my ministry is Mill Center. And you know, the Lord is good because not only Mill Center, the Lord uh, used me in a campus ministry. Webe from elementary, high school, and college with its once a month Bible study. And we have also a parole and provision ministry. I'm one of the parole, parole officer. So, uh, parole officer. So, um, I really, uh, I can't imagine that the Lord will use me. And not only that, before the policeman is running after me, now I'm running after them and they are hiding. <laughs> because we have a Bible study in the police station, the whole island of Negros, I install some pastors to start Bible study once a week. You know, the Lord used us. We have youth ministry. We have a lot of ministry. Even jail ministry. Maybe you are, you are familiar with jail ministry. But we are not just after to the inmates or, or to the, uh, to the uh, offender. We are after also to their family. We visit their family. Because I believe their family is one of the victim. So, uh, the Lord, you know, put me on that kind of ministry, maybe, because we are available. Maybe that's the key preacher. If you're always available, God will use you. It's not maybe by power or by your, you know, knowledge or your wisdom. Maybe because your availability. And I'm, a, I'm all, always available. Just call me anytime. <laughs> I will come. So, the Lord is good. You know, 26 years ago, um, we've been praying to have a permanent plan in our mill center. We are reaching 150 children every Saturday to 200 children. And uh, since we started that kind of ministry, Oh, uh, we can't able to wear our wedding ring because it's always put on the pawn shop. But since January 2015, I thank God it's always on our hand, on our finger. Oh, we started to, you know, to uh, every Saturday, every Friday thinking the fan. But since January 2015, when the unsheltered international Philippines started in the Philippines, you know, they taking care of our meal center. Now we, we have an average of 630 children every Saturday. Yeah. 
And also, every Monday night, Wednesday night, Friday night, we feed the homeless. Hundreds every night. It looks like almost 1,000 people for the whole week we serve. Folks, church, thank you for sending missionaries in, uh, in our county. Thank you for sending Pastor Travis. Every policeman that protecting our country and serving our country right and faithfully and every teacher that teaching values every student that taking away from drugs and vices every children from our ministry become pastors and missionary you know every souls that getting saved in our ministry because of your giving continue to pray our country continue to pray our mission our ministry we will not stop on that kind of ministry we will go farther we will go on the next mile we will go on the next mile help us to fulfilling our dreams to fulfill our dreams whoever a project i know that the lord will provide in the right time just you know keep on pray for us and, and and we're here i'm here just to raise money for my monthly support monthly basis and also i have a project for our church building and we're praying you know there's a lot of homeless in the philippines your homeless here is some are adults but in the philippines 70% are children. 70% are children. Some are just, you know, just staying for five years, ten years on the cardboard at night. Some are not able to eat their meal, miss their meal, for a day, two days, sometimes a week. But when the Lord put us on that ministry, starting last January. You know, those children are waiting on us every time that we know, that they know that we are coming on, on our schedule. And you know, until today, there are children on the street waiting on us and saying, Pastor, when will be the time that you are going to get us from this street? You know, folks, when you send Soldiers in Iraq, in Afghanistan, in those war places, when they come back here, you need to have the like a psychological or, or some you know treatment and give them rest. You know us, Pastor Travis and us workers in the Philippines, every night we can sleep thinking those children thinking those children. And we're dreaming that one day we have a safety place for these children. Some children are being abused by policemen. Some are being abused by some adults taking advantage to some girls. Folks, they are human. They have souls. 
although some people treat them as an animal. But when the Lord teaches us to love this, we get in love. Until today, we're praying that when we go back home, when Pastor Travis go back home, we can able to buy a land. We can able to put a safety house. We can able to have an orphanage. We can able to have a livelihood that we can share to them. We will put them back to the real cycle of life, working, earning money, serving the Lord. So please pray for us. We will not stop. We will not sit down, preacher, until he comes. And again, folks, thank you very much. May the Lord bless you. So I'm going to give you money's word. Take your Bibles. Take your Bibles and turn with me. to. And this won't be long. We only got a, a short period of time. Uh, but I, I just want to say something. Acts chapter number 13. Acts chapter number 13. Uh, this, this is the way this works. A lot of times, a lot of times when we don't, uh, a lot of people are not real familiar with missions and how that works or how our giving or just the, the general fund or the missions fund and, and, and how, how this works. I grew up in church my whole life, so this is just second nature to me. I mean, I understand, I understand how it all works. I understand how missionaries raise support to go to the mission field and, and, and that type of thing. But, but let's look at it the, in the Bible, how, how it started and where we take our, where we take our pattern from. In Acts 13, Acts 13 in verse number 1, if you're there, say amen. Now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and, and Menean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Uh, that, that you see a lot of diversity in the church here in verse number 1. And the Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord, in other words, they were serving, they were working, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. And say that with me. And they sent them away. Now, uh, here we have the church in operation. Uh, we have the church uh, doing their thing, witnessing, doing what they, they began to do in Acts chapter number 2. In Acts chapter number 2, the, after they were... After they were uh, saved, the day of Pentecost and, and everything that went on there, it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and the breaking of bread and prayers and from house to house. Uh, in other words, they were winning people to Christ. They were teaching these people uh, the, the doctrines that they had learned, what they had learned from Christ, they were teaching them. Uh, it's the same thing Paul told Timothy, uh, what thou hast learned of me, teach, uh, find faithful men and teach them what I am teaching you and so forth and so on. It just goes on and on. It's the same thing we find in the Great Commission that Brother Travis mentioned in Matthew chapter number 28. So that's what they were doing. They're doing what we do every single week. We, we invite people to the house of God. We invite people to Christ. We win people to Christ. Every Sunday we open our Bible. Every Wednesday night we open our Bible and we teach what the Bible says. 
We teach doctrine. We teach what the Bible says about living. We teach what the Bible says about dying. We teach what the Bible says about how to treat others, so forth and so on. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, so we're teaching, we're growing, we're developing, we're, we're, we're doing everything we can to develop disciples. Well, in the midst of this, in the midst of teaching, in the midst of winning, in the midst of encouraging and meeting needs and, and serving the community, the Bible says they were, they were selling their property and bringing it to the church and dividing unto men as they had need. So there was, a, there was a benevolence factor that was going on with that. So anyway, they were serving in their community, and all of a sudden, God says, okay, I've got a job, I've got a mission, I've got a job for these men to do, Paul and Barnabas. He said, we've got something, we've got a calling for them, if you will. I want you to separate them, all right? Here's what took place. Here's what took place. Uh, at Bethel Baptist Church, uh, at Bethel Baptist Church in Fort Pierce, Florida, where I grew up, my dad was a pastor at the time, uh, Brother Travis, Brother Travis was led to the Lord by my father in the front yard of my house where I lived and grew up in a Thunderbird, four Thunderbird in the, in the, in the front yard. Am I correct about that? I got it all right so far. Uh, uh, it, what is that? My, Travis's mother was going to my father's church and, 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 and so he hung out with my brother. Uh, he has he he graduated with my brother and uh, and my brother is barely saved. <clears throat> he, <laughs> you know that verse that says some were saved so as by fire, they gonna barely get in. That's Joe. Are y'all with me? Well, him and Travis were buddies, and and so uh, uh, Travis's mother is, is going to church. Well, every day, if I, if I remember, correct me anytime I mess this up, but every day she was putting notes in Travis's lunchbox, uh, about wanting him to be saved and loved him and he needed to know the Lord and he needed to, he, he needed. So every day he's getting a message from his mother and being under great conviction and God's dealing with him. Well, one day he can't stand it no more, and he goes to he goes to my father and says, "We we got we got to fix this." So in the front yard of my house, uh, he gets saved, trust Christ, uh, uh, just gets saved, and he got the verily verily kind. Say amen right there. So after that, after that, uh, I, at about that time, I was I had moved back down to Florida to be my dad's associate. And uh, I was living down in Florida, and me and Travis was kind of hanging together and, and went, on, went, went, went visiting together. Well, the Lord is really dealing with Brother Travis. I mean really dealing with him about, or about preaching and about being a missionary, being, not, not specifically being a missionary, but just calling him to the, to the, the, the work of the ministry. Say amen. Well, he comes to my house, he comes to my house, and he's just going through all these questions, all the questions that I had when God was calling me, and it was just, oh, and, and so about 2 o'clock in the morning, by this time, I'm tired, and I want him to go home. I wasn't spiritual at all, amen? Uh, he says, he says, uh, uh, I said, look, just go home, just go home, and ask, and just pray, just pray, say, Lord, do you want me to preach or, or don't you? Just I said, if you ask him, he's not up in heaven saying, nope, guess again, nope, guess. I said, just ask him, just ask him, and uh, he will tell you. And he said, okay, okay. So he leaves, and I'm thinking, thank the Lord. <laughs> so he goes, and I go get in bed, and, 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 and it, wasn't, it wasn't 15 minutes. I hear, <laughs> I get up, and I go back to the door, and I open the door, and there stands Travis. 
white as a ghost. His eyes that big around. He said, I, I, I got down the road. I got down the road. And, and, and he said, yes. I said, you couldn't have waited until in the morning? If I remember right, we called Dad that night, didn't we? Yeah, we called Dad that night. That, I just wanted him to be a part of the blessing. Amen. So he, here he is, he's saved, being trained, being taught, he's learning the scriptures. He, you know, God has called him to preach now. Then he goes and, and, and goes to Bible college at Victory, and now he's, he's, God is using him. Y'all know the story. I'm not going to rehash all that, but I'm, I'm getting somewhere. Here we have a man who is serving and working, involved in ministry, and now God says, okay, separate him. In other words, in other words, I don't want him to be a Sunday school teacher. I don't want him to be a deacon. I don't want him to be anything in the local church. I've got a job for him to do. Does this make sense? So he surrendered to preach. Now he surrendered to the ministry or to the field that God would have me. God called me to Alabama. Just as God is calling Brother Travis and, and, and Brother Antonio to the Philippines, God called me to, to Alabama. I'm from South Florida, guys. Hello, say amen. There's, there's, there's no difference. God called me out of Bethel Baptist Church in Fort Pierce, Florida to come to Alabama and do what I'm doing here. Now, this is the point I want to teach you about missions. Here in this particular, here in this particular verse, the Bible says that they pray. Look in verse number 2. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted, and the Holy, excuse me, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them. They are authorizing them. They are going with our blessing. They are going, they are going. That's why the Bible says, Don't lay hands on any man suddenly. In other words, everybody, everybody that claims to be a preacher is not a preacher. Everybody that claims to be a man of God is, is not a man of God. I, I've, been, I've seen a couple of videos this week of some charlatans that are on TV wanting jet planes and all this kind of stuff. It's the biggest bunch of hogwash I've ever seen. I promise you, it's going to be a, a hot place in hell for some of these people. So be careful, be careful who you put your hands on. In other words, who you are, uh, who you are approving, if you will, who you are authorizing and sending from Temple Baptist Church. But here they are sending them. Now, what does it take to send them? What does it take to send them? Uh, it, it's not just saying, all right, Travis, we'll see you. That's not it. In order to send them, you have to release them from the responsibility that they have in the local church. And not only the responsibility they have in the local church, but the responsibility they have as far as their family in the, the community that they're at. What does that mean? He will not be able to go out and, 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 and paint a house to make a living if he's on the foreign field. So the church has to be able to uh, uh, send them with mission funds so that they can go do what they do in the Philippines or in Burma or in India, or the missionaries we have in Brazil, or the missionaries we have in Germany, the missionaries we have in Tibet. Are y'all with me so far? Now, so God will call us, and, 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 and listen, God may be dealing with some of y'all tonight. 
Some of y'all tonight, in a year from now, you may be in the Philippines with Brother Travis helping serve some rice. Say amen. amen. That'd be wonderful. Listen, I'd love for my church to get smaller because y'all are leaving and going to the mission field. That'd be great. That would be wonderful. But the point is, the point is, they cannot go unless, watch this, look in verse number, look in verse number three. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them. They are authorizing them. You're going with our blessing. Listen, they, what's that word? They sent them away. They cannot go unless we send them. Are y'all with me? That's the financial part of this. They have to have our financial support to be able to do what they do over there. Does that make sense? That's what missions is all about. You are giving, you are giving in your missions dollars. You are being very generous. Uh, we support Brother Travis. Uh, he's one of our main missionaries here. Uh, to me, I, I think if, if, if you have a missionary coming out of your church, you should support him more than any of them. That's, that's just what I believe. Amen? Uh, so we have released him from his responsibilities here, and we support him. We support his family. We support that ministry there. They can't do what they do over there unless we do what we do over here. Does that make sense? And so, uh, Brother Travis, uh, and, and, and really, he cannot do everything he does just with what we do. So Brother Travis has to go, and Brother Antonio too, to, to other churches, like-minded churches as we are, that's wanting to see the gospel to the foreign field, that's wanting to help people that's on the foreign field, and they will share their burden. They will share what God is doing and what God has called them to do. And if the Lord lays upon their heart to help partner with this ministry, then we're going to give some, they're going to give some, we're going to put it all together, and we're going to see an orphanage built. We're going to put it all together, and we're going to see, I'm telling you, wouldn't it be cool if we had a team of people to go over and help build that shelter house to get those kids off the street, get those little children? How many of y'all have been following Brother Travis's Facebook while he was over there and and some of the the kids? Okay, raise your hand again. I want to see this. Gracious, have mercy. How many of y'all have Facebook? Raise your hand. How many of y'all have Facebook? Raise your hand real high. All right, all right, all right. Now, here's what I need you. How do they do that? Look up your name on Facebook. Just as simple as that. All right, his name is Travis Sharp. If you need to write it down, write it down. Look it up. Like, do they have to like it or anything? Friend request. All right. Uh, okay, come over and say that. They can't hear you. Or just talk real loud. Yeah. You got a mic hanging right there. Yeah, amen. <laughs> we'll use that. So we have uh, an Unsheltered International Facebook page, and all you do is go find the Unsheltered International page, hit like, and then I put everything the same on our personal Facebook page, Travis Sharp. You send me a friend request, and I'll answer it, amen. And then also our website, unsheltered.org, all the stuff's there too. Also send out two emails a week to update everything we're doing. And if you go to unsheltered.org, it's very self-explanatory how to sign up for that email. Okay, now why is that important? Why is that important? The Bible says, mine, say it with me, my affecteth my heart. What you see affects your heart. You can hear about something all you want. But when you see that child in the gutter, when you see that child that's got that infection so bad and they're going to die, 
unless something is done. What was his name again? Say that again. Verhelio. Is that the one I said had a real cool name? That's the one. Okay. Listen, you got to see it. Because if you see it, it will change how you pray. It will change how you pray. Do you know the difference between God save the lost and God save Uncle Henry? You see the difference? Listen, this is your missionary. He is a hometown guy. He's one of our own. You got to see it. I want you to get on Facebook and everything he just said, go do that so you can see it. Go do that because I want God to touch your heart by what you see. I want to be a major part. Listen, Temple to have a major part in building an orphanage, a a major part in building a school, a a major part in what's happening. Why? Because God called them from here. God called them from here. The the, the international part of that, it, it started from here, I mean, it, it, it's just, it, it's, it's, matter of fact, let me change it this way. <clears throat> it's unsheltered international, but it's you. It's you. It is an extension of your hand. Y'all got to go to work tomorrow. You can't go to the Philippines, but you can. By what you give to missions. You're going to the mission field. You're going to the Philippines. When Brother Travis hands that little fella a bowl of hot rice, you did it. It's just as if your hand is... Listen, when it comes to heaven, we're all getting credit for working together to make this happen. The people there in Antioch stayed in Antioch, but they supported supported what Barnabas and Saul were doing as they sent them. Listen, there's one thing about this place. Most of you have been here for years. Most of you, not most of you, some of you have been from the little building to the bigger build, or to the extension of the little building to the bigger building to this, what we're in today. And, 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 the, and the words come up today, what about what's next? What if we fill this up twice and so forth and so on? Uh, what, what are we going to do? I was told something, and, and I'm done. I'm not going to drag this out, but I, I, I want you to get this, and I want you to be praying about this. I was told something uh, probably about six years ago by a pastor in, in, a, in a, a, another church close. He was in a smaller church in Tennessee, and uh, he said this. He said, if I was thinking globally, I would still be in the church in Tennessee. He said, it doesn't matter the size of your church if you're thinking globally. The point he's making is this. The, 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 the bounds of our ministry does not stop in this building or in this city. Does that make sense? So what do we do when we fill this up? We start going out. Satellite churches. Satellite churches. Then families from here. I'm telling you, this is going to happen. This is God's plan. This is how God does things. He raises them up and sends them out. It is not our seating capacity that determines the the success of our church. It is not the seating capacity that determines the goodness and the greatness of our church. It's the sending capacity. If we are not sending them out, we're not accomplishing the Great Commission. And the Great Commission... Man, I want to get on it. Do not miss Sunday morning. Are y'all with me? 
Do not miss it. Listen, the Great Commission starts with this. And this is just all I'm going to say about it. The Great Commission starts with this. Most, my whole life, my whole life, I've always heard the Great Commission as, what's the first word in the Great Commission? No, it's not. But that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. It's always been preached. It's always been, been taught. Go. That's the first. No, it's not. It says, and Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in I'm getting God bumps right now. The word power there means authority. Before he ever says to go, before he ever gives you your responsibility, before he ever gives you the command to accomplish, he won't, he, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, 9. It's, I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. I, I seen some stuff. I seen some stuff today. I'm telling you, I had to get up and walk around my office. It is great. It is great that you, you just don't see. You don't see about Jesus till after the resurrection. Oh, boy. Say amen. Let's stand. Let's stand. Uh, so you say his stuff's out there for you? All right. All right. Y'all going out there. Y'all going out there. <clears throat> and uh, and that, 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 that statement about your ex-girlfriend, that was great, by the way. That was awesome. Can we give Brother Antonio a hand? Amen. And the Kentucky Fried Chicken one was good too. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Look here. Y'all, got, y'all are spoiled because I'm letting y'all out four minutes early tonight. All right? All right. All right. Well, we're going to pray. Pray, 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 pray about Sunday because it's going to be awesome. Say amen. Oh, and another thing, too, pray for me. Pray for me. I'm going to be flying to Ohio uh, Friday, see, when I'm Friday, uh, Friday morning, and uh, I'm going to be speaking at a men's conference uh, twice on Saturday morning and then flying back here uh, uh, Saturday so I can be ready for Sunday. So I need your prayers. It's called Man Up. It's just, it's just all men. It's all men's conference. And uh, I guess they figured the biggest redneck in Alabama would be good for a men's conference. Amen? But I, I want to really, really, I just want to bring the word. Amen? Amen? Boy, don't we need some godly men today? Amen. We need some godly men. And Lord's willing, uh, I'm going to be preaching. The Bible says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. But when I became a man, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Listen, your age doesn't determine whether you're a man or not. What determines whether you're a man is have you put away childish things. So y'all pray for me. Will y'all pray for me? Let's, let's do that tonight. Lord, thank you so much for Brother Sharp, Brother Antonio, and the ministry there. But Lord, I thank you for all these people that have been so generous, and they give every week to the missions program. They give every week, uh, Lord, to see the gospel taken to the foreign field. Thank you so much for Temple Baptist Church and their heart for missions. God, I pray that you'll bless and honor the next few weeks as we, as we preach about the Great Commission, as we preach about uh, uh, reaching the unreached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you'll bless. Lord, please help this weekend. Lord, bless the men 
I pray that you'll bless the conference, give us safe traveling there and back. Uh, uh, Lord, that, let that flying go okay and, 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 and everything that goes with that. Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. Bless all the folks that's in this building tonight. I pray that they'll give, uh, get a double amount of rest tonight. Bless the children that are being taught. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Good night, everybody.